How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And this week, we are going to be bringing you a recap of the most recent premium live event. It's going to take me a little bit to get used to premium live event as opposed to PPV or pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it is WrestleMania Backlash 2023. And it's not closed circuit TV either. That's right. That's right. So don't go to any of your local arenas or stadiums or theaters expecting this. They won't have it. Not even, uh, what's the uh, special regal events? I forget what those are called. Oh, yeah. Um, anywho. So. Is it the Fathom Live events? It's not yes, Fathom Live Yes, thank you. Yes, that was it. Yeah. Um, so this premium live event took place it's a raw and smackdown branded pay-per-view oh my god see i just did it leonard um see ha 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 because this is this is the last before the new brand split which won't matter within three months correct yes and uh yeah that's a whole topic but i'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit as we go here uh it took place this past as we're recording this past saturday may 6 2023 in san juan puerto rico at the Calicio de Puerto Rico, Jose Miguel Argrillo. I'm probably butchering some of that, but I'm uh, guessing you are. In any event, um, and the attendance here is listed as 17,944. So let me just say that I did not watch this live. Um, you know, Saturday was such a big day. Like I had gone out to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And then went out after that. And then there was, of course, a UFC 288 event going on. So I wanted to catch the end of that. And this premium live event. So I knew I wasn't going to be and able you to did watch the Kentucky Derby. Yes, I did. Before I would, before we went to the movies, I did watch the Kentucky Derby. And uh, I had not um, realized until, it w- until I turned it on that uh, the heavy frontrunner Forte had uh, been scratched. Um, so this mm-hmm. is a weird... A weird derby year, not to go off on a tangent. I I said before this event, and when I watched the Florida Derby, and I'll say it now, there will not be a Triple Crown winner this year. <laughs> I just don't see anybody strong enough to do it. But uh, anyway, um, we were talking about wrestling, I think, right, Leonard? Yeah, uh, we, we should start a derby podcast, like a horse racing podcast. I think that would be huge. I, I think we should do it. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up watching this recently. I didn't think I was going to get a chance to watch it before we were recording at all. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did actually, because this crowd is super hot and they are hot from the word go. So when you look at some of the events that they've had in Canada and in England and in Puerto Rico and other parts of the world, like these crowds are telling you that they are hot for the product. And that's not just limited to WWE either. Um, you know, you look at some of the other promotions, AEW, where they've gone, like these places are telling you they want more content. Um, and I, the, the crowd really elevated this event backlash for me. I only watched two of the matches because you told me like three hours before this <laughs> point, hey, watch watch this. So I did watch the street fight in the main event, which we'll get to. And uh, for my fancy pick I got two matches wrong. Okay. All right. Well, I'm anxious to hear. Which we'll get to. And, uh, but yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when I was watching was the crowd. And also, and also pay attention to the fact that WWE gave that Puerto Rican crowd Puerto Rican content. They gave in way, them. In a way that felt organic too, by the way. Yes. 
that was that that was very uh, that made sense for where they were at and for the crowd and the crowd was into it. But yeah, I and here's the thing: like you can't hold a pay per view in Puerto Rico. I think every year, right? Even because you're not going to get the response you get. But if you do it every once in a while, yeah. I think it's 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 going to be an amazing reception. And I think they need to explore more of the world. I know they haven't been to Australia. I don't think in a really long time. Yeah. Um, Mexico, maybe, uh, especially again with the Latin American uh, talent that they have on the roster. Yeah. You know what would be amazing? They went to Japan. That would be some kind of weird. I would cross. love. That. I would love to see them do that. And like that's the thing. Like you look at WWE and they're kind of rightfully so in their own little bubble always and you look mm -hmm. at a company like aew who's worked with new japan so much that it makes sense for it would be more organic for them to go to japan wwe going to japan like they have a few they have some talent on that roster that they could work with in that regard but yeah i would love to see them go to to asia uh maybe it's time for another north korean event like they did back in the day what do you think well, that was that was the um, uh, WCW. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's a Dark Side of the Ring episode on that, which which is um, very, very interesting. The political the political ramifications. Absolutely. Um, so let's get to the card here. And uh, as I said, the crowd is really really into the event right away. And the first match, a match that if this had taken place in the states the crowd might have been completely dead for and it wouldn't have been the same as a result. We have EO Sky versus Bianca Belair. By the way, it didn't seem like there was any um, kickoff match. Um, this match went about 18 minutes. Uh, Bianca Belair retained the Raw Women's Championship. I gave this match three and three quarter stars. I thought it was really, really good. EO Sky is a great talent. She showcased that in the past. And since she's been in damage control, hasn't had the chance to really, you know, flex her muscles, so to speak, and show the world what she has. And she did that here. Um, she took a giant leap forward in that regard. So this match was really good. The crowd was really into it. Specifically, they were into EO Sky. They really wanted her to win. Um, and, I, you know, so it made that the dynamic interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, I definitely recommend checking that one out. Um, the next match we have Seth Rollins versus almost comes in at 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Seth Rollins would be the victor here after a super stomp from the top rope, Leonard. Um, I don't know if he's done that before, but uh, you know, it, logically it made sense here. Um, Seth Rollins is the reason that this match was watchable. I gave it two and three quarter stars. Um, and I'm going to touch on this now. though. So I was looking at some of, the almost his stats. <laughs> this is his second straight pay-per-view loss. Um, mm -hmm. He lost at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar. And if you look at the last time he had a singles match on a premium live event, you'd have to go back to this past November's crown jewel where he faced Braun Strowman and lost. <laughs> so my, he's point, a spectacle. All right. he is is a spectacle. Well, see, and uh, see, I'm glad you mentioned that. So they want him to be that, but they, they're always looking for these guys to be like an Andre, like a big show or Omos or whoever. You can't have that if the guy doesn't win ever. 
against any meaningful talent. Like, I think the last time almost won, and I don't watch Raw every week. I know he beat Mustafa Ali. <laughs> like, so, like, that's not going to get him anywhere. Like, he keeps losing to these people. And I understand, you know, Seth Rollins is a major talent. And I understand Brock Lesnar, you know, all that. But, like, this guy isn't going to draw any fans. He, nobody's going to look at him as a spectacle or a showcase or an attraction, whatever word you want to use, if he keeps losing. And like, yeah. anyway, go ahead. Well, well, as you know, Jim Cornette uses the term for a guy like him. I think he's talked about this in relation to almost is, 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 is he's the kind of guy you use to steal a house. He's a sight and that's all he is. He's not good in the mic. He's not good in the ring. So what you do is back in the territory days, you would bring a guy like him in and you would have him crush some baby faces and you, and you would build up the match to whoever you wanted him to have a match with. And you did that before the fans realized he was junk. So in the territory, like mindset, I understand. Yeah. Now we see these guys on TV every week, sometimes multiple times. And my point in bringing up his stats is that WWE right now and Triple H, I have more faith in him than I do Vince as far as righting some of the wrongs. So I'll just say one of the things that I noticed is a severe lack of heels that are ready to be in the main event mm-hmm. um they have a big problem in that area um and this is one of the highlights i think as to why i think that um, well and i think with him too at this point you need to rebuild him from scratch i think he needs to go away for at least six months right and then you bring him back probably with a with a, a manager is is mvp managing him still he still is yep Maybe with a different manager, maybe with a different look, maybe with a different name, and 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 try it again. But I, I think he's he's damaged goods. But what I was getting at with the when you find out he's junk in the ring, I think the fans know that he's junk in the ring now. Yes, yes, um, yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, uh, that was that match. It, it was what it was. Uh, the next match is for the United States title. It is Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory versus Bronson Reed. It is six minutes and 50 seconds. And for what, how short it was, I gave it three stars. I thought it was a solid little triple threat match. Um, you knew that Austin Theory was going to retain. And let me just say, you know, Austin Theory is fine as a heel, like, but I just have no positive anticipation for his inevitable run as a either a world heavyweight champion or a universal champion, whatever they decide to do with him. And like, eventually I am not looking forward to that at all. I, I think that, yes, he's a fine heel, but he's just very, I don't know, run of the mill. Like we've seen this type of heel countless times in the past. I don't know. I'm not sold on him being a main eventer yet, but they are clearly very high on him. So I would expect in the you know next- I you know my my theory that I always take Bobby Lashley because Lashley always wins but I didn't hear I I stuck with I stuck with Austin Theory, which was the right choice yeah yes um, so yeah about three stars on this one uh, the next match I also gave three stars and that would be for the SmackDown Women's Title Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega uh, Zelina Vega came out in uh, really cool Puerto Rican attire and her family was there and it was clearly like one of the highest moments of her career and she was very emotional before and after Rhea Ripley would retain um, again, three stars for this match, seven minutes, 10 seconds. 
Nobody expected Zelina Vega to win, but they made you look at it as a big moment for her. And therefore, mm-hmm. the fact that it was a short match didn't matter that much. What the, the stuff they did in the ring was fine. Um, but uh, it was it was cool to see her have this moment. And again, when we talked earlier about, you know, using some of the Puerto Rican talent in an organic way, this is an example of that. Yeah, because this, I mean, almost using the phrase I used before, to steal a house, this is was, you know, wasn't quite that, but almost was because this match only works in that confines. Right. You know, no one else is going to care about that anywhere else. And even though nobody thought she could win, the fact that the crowd was behind her juiced that match more than it would have been. So that was very smart booking uh, on their part. Yeah, I agree. Um, The next match is one of the co-main events, and that would be Bad Bunny, the uh, Grammy-winning musician, versus Damian Priest of Judgment Day in a San Juan street fight. Goes about 25 minutes and so there's a lot of, uh, I don't know what, how they say Gaga in this one. Um, all told, I was entertained by this. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost hesitant to say my rating because I don't know what you thought of it. I gave, for everything involved, I gave it four stars um, because I thought that Bad Bunny has proved himself to be competent enough in the ring for how much time he spends doing it. Um, Damian Priest, uh, they're both from Puerto Rico, by the way. And uh, there's a history there because they had tagged together uh, previously. WrestleMania two years ago. Right. And so I guess initially what I thought the plan was, and we might have mentioned this on an older show, and what was the original plan was indeed going to be Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. But they didn't go with that. And I'm glad that they didn't go with that. You know, uh, they were able to use a lot of... uh, a lot of toys here, as they say, and, uh, you know, they fought in the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that part was like, was fun enough. And, you know, the big moments occur, occur when judgment day comes down and tries to interfere and that brings out Ray Mysterio. And then to the surprise of the crowd, it brings out Carlito who uh, comes out in an LWO shirt and uh, followed by Savio Vega, who we had seen in a short uh, moment before he had given um, bad bunny, the kendo stick that was decorated like the Puerto Rican flag. So we knew Savio was there. Uh, We didn't know Carlito was there as far as I'm aware. So uh, the crowd just goes crazy for these guys and it made it fun. I thought, so what do you think about this? I gave it four stars and I would have, and I was going higher uh, through the first half of the match. The first half of the match was absolutely brilliant. Very well booked, very well staged. Uh, the, the build to it was great. I, I loved how they how they did that. Um, he wheels out the card of weapons, but they don't use it. It's not all about that card of weapons. Right. You know, they don't focus on that. They're actually wrestling to start with. Uh, the fact that Damian Priest gives Bad Bunny no respect whatsoever when they're in the ring. The fact that he has match one and then he lifts him up. Uh, the fact that he shakes off whatever Bunny does to him, but Bunny keeps trying. Uh, when they fought out through the crowd and even the broken arrow through the obviously set up sound stuff, even that was pretty cool. Where it falls apart for me is the interference. Because it was too blatant. It was it was too. We're 
putting these guys out there because we know it's going to get a reaction. It mm -hmm. totally derailed the match that was being built at the time. And I didn't like the finish, which is Bad Bunny hitting a Canadian destroyer because of all the stuff that he did. The only reason that was the finish is because, hey, guess what? This non-wrestler can do this move. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's the finish. Yeah. While I love the work on the knee, the knee work was fantastic, and yeah. Priest should have tapped to the figure four. That should have been the finish. I know in that I totally agree with you. I do think that the submission should have been should have been the finish, uh, because that that part was really good. Um now I don't know if this means certainly Savio Vega's not doing anything full time. I, you know, a lot of people are call, like talking about how many views Carlito's return got. I don't know that he's going com coming back full time. Maybe he is. They've teased that before uh, at one of the a year or two ago in, a, in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, um, he came back. For, I think he, he worked the Rumble and I want to say maybe he worked the next night. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see if he comes back. Um, he again. looked in good shape. He looked. Yeah. You know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they would say. You know, one knock always against Carlito. And that was sort of the the foundation of the feud he had with Ric Flair was he was lazy. Right. And and he certainly appeared, and, and it could have been the environment he was in. And I do know that he and his, you know, his brother and his, and his cousin still work, um, you know, Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rico area. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if he's got some, some energy behind him, why not bring him back? See what he can do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And the next match is the bloodline of Solo Sokoa and the Usos versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. About 22 minutes here. And I gave this one two and three quarter stars. This is about a, this is like a raw main event to me. Um, this is like, you know, one of those matches on the card that I would call filler. Um, it, it you know, and that's not to say these talent are good. All the talent involved are very good at what they do. Um, I do think that this storyline is starting to run its course. I, I like the aspect of the bloodline having some cracks in the foundation, that kind of thing. But in terms of the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn uh, component, I, I think that they need to move on. Um, this was just a match to be a match, and it was a long one. Um, so again, I gave it two and three quarter stars. It was fine for what it was, but, uh, nothing special. This is one I missed and I kicked myself for doing it because yes, the faces had to win at WrestleMania, but the heels had to win here. And I don't know what I was thinking when I picked the, the faces to win this one. So that that's the one I missed yeah. and the process of elimination. I also missed the main event, which we're going to talk about next because I just figured Brock Lesnar would win somehow. Yeah, so the main event is Cody Rhodes against Brock Lesnar. And, um, you know, there's stuff before the match and stuff afterwards. It's north of 10 minutes or so, um, you know, thereabouts anyway. Um, so I gave this one three and a quarter stars. One of the reasons why I wanted you to watch this match, Leonard, was because of the blood that was involved here. And since okay. I've asked you to do it i found out more information about that spot um so yes i i thought that this match was up until the blood i thought it was a pretty standard lesnar match you got the suplexes and all that cody tries to jump him before the bell you know it was pretty standard you know I, you know it's at this point though i'm 
like when Lesnar's just giving suplexes and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I know that Lesnar wants to work a certain style now, but he is capable of more. <laughs> like he is capable of pulling out some of these things more. But anyway, like, but when that spot happened of him hitting the exposed turnbuckle, I thought that it was accidental at first. I really did. It looked like that was not planned, but sure enough, according to what I read, it was planned. It was a planned blood spot. And man, he is just, he's bleeding all over the place. Um, so if what I've read was to be believed that it was planned, um, it's a very rare occurrence in WWE of them trying to go out and have blood involved these days anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I can see the one to do that because it was Puerto Rico, which is known to be a little of a, of a, of a bloodier wrestling scene down there. More very, true. very true. And, and if, if Brock Lesnar wanted to do it, they're going to let him do whatever he pretty much wants. And I don't know has has he, he hasn't gotten color much in his career. I'm trying oh, to remember. No, he's I'm dealt out plenty of color. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I mean, yeah. himself. So that kind of surprised me. I figured it was, it was a planned spot. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that did kind of surprise me as 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 bloody as as it did as it did get. Yeah, and um, you know the finish here saw um, Cody Rhodes in the Kimura arm lock, and he you know pins Lesnar, who's refusing to break the submission. This is something that we've seen before in other holds, uh, you know Piper and Bret Hart with the sleeper mm -hmm. hold. Um, so this is a finish that they've used many times before, maybe not necessarily with a Kimura, um, but I thought that it worked okay here to make it believable that Cody Rhodes would be the victor. What say you? It came out of nowhere, kind of. I mean, I, I get what the finish was. It kind of makes Brock look stupid that he didn't release it as he was getting pinned. Yeah. Um, I, I would be about three to three and a quarter stars with you on this one. Two things I didn't like about it. One was the repetitive nature of it. Um, Cody hits like 18 Cody kicks. He hits like 18 Cody cutters. He, he hits everything multiple times. And that seems to be yeah. the prerequisite of a Brock Lesnar match. Yeah, why do other people it, have to work that style too? Like yes. that's, that's the part that confuses me. Like if he just wants to do suplexes, okay, fine. But like, wouldn't it be much more fun to see him try to work around somebody who's quicker and has a, you know, an elaborate move set? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then, then the, then in the start of it, uh, when Cody attacks Lesnar on the outside uh, with the weapons and with the stairs and chairs, and then they go into the ring. One, as soon as the bell rings, Lesnar no-sells everything that just happened to him. Right. And two, that's not how you do that setup. They got it completely backwards. You have the heel beat up the face before the start of the match. And then the referee goes to the face and says, do you want to continue? And they say, yes. Right. That's how you build sympathy for the face. They did that completely wrong. They had the face beat up the heel. And then the ref went, okay, we're just going to start wrestling now. Even though you just totally laid out this guy with a bunch of weapons. Right. Yeah. Like, part of the buildup for this match has been Cody trying to get a hold of Brock Lesnar and having security restrain him and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, one might say that's what led to him jumping in before the bell, but yes, in, I, in theory, I agree with you. Um, 
So, yeah, this is the main event. Um, you know, we are building towards uh, Night of Champions, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm wondering if that deal ever, ever is going to end. When are the events going to stop taking place there? <laughs> but, you know. Well, they have know. to end eventually. I just think one side or the other is going to just be like, we're done with this. You would think. And so we will see at Night of Champions there um a new world heavyweight champion crowned uh, i am interested to see what happens there I, I don't know part of me looks at that title as just because like what's weird now is that they're keeping obviously they're keeping roman reigns as the undisputed universal champion and so he has two belts like every picture you see he keeps those two belts but now they're bringing back the old big gold you know i'm throwing up air quotes the nwa international uh so they're having three basically three titles at play here but the, the fact of the matter is it, it really whoever wins this like one would assume it's going to be somebody that reigns has beaten already and it's like a consolation prize right it, it is and it just making we're creating this belt because the belt that we have on this guy this guy doesn't want to work Right, yeah. Like, he just doesn't he want to... Take the belt off the guy. Yeah. They had the perfect opportunity to do that WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And let Reigns have whatever, you know, time he wanted to have off and and, and continue his mystique because he was going to be gone for a while. But instead, they keep the belts on him, and then they create this other title, and it cheapens all the titles. Because it, it makes the... Because since Reigns isn't around and isn't defending, it makes his belts worthless. And this belt is worthless because they're admitting to you to your face. We're only creating this belt because the other guy isn't here. Right. Yeah. And Triple H basically said that. And what makes it weirder to me is that, okay, like you said, they had a perfect opportunity to change the title at WrestleMania. Well, we didn't want to take it off Roman Reigns. Why? Because maybe we didn't think Cody Rhodes was ready. Okay. And if that's the case, what does that tell you about the current state of their roster? Right. You know, so I, I don't know. It, 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 I agree with you. It, it kind of cheapens all three. Um, and, you know, you still have the lower titles at play as well. So I, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. But uh, I'm not expecting anything uh, spectacular. So overall, though, I thought that this was a good event. It surprised me in many ways. I didn't expect to be as, you know, immersed in it as I was. Um, I thought the crowd really added to it. A lot of the matches were at least average or above. Um, so yeah, I thought this was a solid card and you know, I do recommend checking it out. You know, I know after WrestleMania, the, uh, amount of interest in wrestling tends to take a, uh, nosedive. But uh, th this is worth checking out. So yeah, this was a smart play, as we said, because of the crowd use. Uh, and yeah, I, I I enjoyed what I watched of it primarily for the crowd. Yeah. And uh, so let us know what you thought of this event in the comments section, and check out our other videos: segment surgery, stupid questions, random match reviews, what's that card, all those things. Let us know what you think. We are available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time. And Alexa, we'll see you out.